Hey, I'm Maria. I work at a labor union by day and write and watch too much TV by night. I like to say I've been firmly in the CW's clutches since it was a WB. As the great Seth Cohen on the OC once said about the fictional teen drama, The Valley, TV teen dramas are mind-numbing escapism. They exist in a fantasy world where 20-something hot actors are usually cosplaying high schoolers in melodramatic depictions of adolescents. But that's honestly why I love teen dramas so much. I love the tropes and the ships and the not-at-all-subtle product placement. I love the early aughts theme songs and the cameo performances by pop-punk bands. I love the newer generation of shows that are more diverse and representative of the vastness of teenage girldom. And I especially love the moments when TV teen dramas get political. You guys, we can organize, stand together, speak with one voice. Karl Marx has come alive for me today. Now it just seems so obviously wrong that those who control capital should make their fortunes off the labor of the working class. Well, since you've fired us, you've given us plenty of time to pick it. Workers of the world unite profits, Welcome to the season one finale of Left 15 Drama. <laughs> Is this the finale? Yes. Yeah. Oh, did not know that either. Yeah, I'm doing eight episodes, and then I'm going to probably start the second season in like a month or two, but you know. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. that's a great idea. Short and mighty. That's just really good. <laughs> thank you it's a great you. number for season length yeah 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 so eight weeks of content and if you're listening to this you've made it to the eighth week <laughs> so oh, you i feel like we have the most like timely topic today but also just it's probably going to be the most like convoluted episode at the same time that we've done so far <laughs> because it's just like it's i feel like it's good for a season finale because like, i feel like we're a lot of topics coming together you know in a way yeah there's a lot of different threads in this one though yeah, I, yeah. exactly <laughs> and so i am joined by two of my closest friends who have both been here before so if you've been along for the whole ride with us you'll not be surprised to hear their voices but my childhood best friend dandre and my friend emma who i met through worker organizing and today we're going to be talking about three different like post-apocalyptic vibe shows we're talking about daybreak the Society and the Wilds, and they're all very recent shows that came out in either like 2019 or 2020. So we're definitely talking about like the Gen Z era of teen dramas, which I guess we're in for a little bit longer, and then it's probably the next generation soon, which is terrifying to think. Oh. I was just talking God, about that with Tyler. People. What are they called? What are they called? Yeah, Alpha. The lost generation, because they yeah. are lost generation. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Um, all they're going to get is losses. <laughs> And so basically, the reason that we even started this idea was Emma's obsession with reality TV. So I did feel like we should talk about that because you two are both the people who were trying to get me to watch The Wilds when it came out, which it came out like in the middle of the pandemic. So it was prime mm -hmm. time for an apocalyptic show, too. That was a teen drama. Yes. But I think, Emma, the thing that got you to do it was because you were like, this is like the teen drama version of my, my like, area yes. of the TV world. 
it was like a perfect intersection of my so I'm really obsessed with Survivor and social strategy reality TV games <laughs> and I may or may not like have played in like live versions in parks and stuff so like I this is like the stuff I like and I'm nerdy about and then like so it's now this like pandemic time show I can binge where it's like teenagers that are in some Survivor like terrifying experiment basically yeah right up my alley because I also was obsessed with Lost I was younger oh, yeah. so like it was really just an intersection of like everything that I could nerd out about and I don't know I feel like me and me and Dante both just appreciate any teen drama where it's like a bunch of girls from different places like it's just like mm-hmm. I love a good yeah. ensemble yes. I love a good ensemble yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I love Survivor by the way because it's a good ensemble of characters anyway true true and as we're gonna talk uh, about when we get a little bit later like we're gonna talk about Kid Nation today which was also Emma's idea and I feel like that, that's relevant yes. oh I also had to say because like you know season finale we're doing a callback that Dondre earlier in the season made a joke that all shows have the in their names now and we're now talking about the wilds and the society so oh, come man. in full circle on that one <laughs> We couldn't escape it. I love it. Yeah, because we were talking about Moesha and how, like, we miss theme songs. And these are all shows where it's like, cha-cha, daybreak, or, you know, like, cha-cha, the society. Like, <laughs> yeah, what? insert anxious in- music that? around very minimal backdrops. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have obviously the wilds which is a show there's so much going on in the wilds um it's a where... show <laughs> <laughs> where the girls think that they're shipwrecked essentially and that their plane on the way to a feminist retreat went down but in reality they're the subjects of some like deeply unethical study um <laughs> And we're going to get into more like what the study is about, which I think it's 100% relevant to the like climate anxiety aspect of all of it. And then Daybreak is like the worst case scenario happens, I feel like, where a bomb goes off and it's a biological weapon and all the adults are like gonzo and it's just the kids fending for themselves and things get like really violent and people become like the worst idea of what an apocalyptic version of yourselves could become like very quickly and then there's a society as if gen z had to create a new world yes yes okay and then the society is just you know like i think kind of like in between those two and that like they there's a conspiracy going on like there is in the wilds because they don't know why they are in a version of their town that's completely isolated and unable to communicate with people outside of it but at the same time they are forced to create their own you know structure in the same way that they are in mm. break so and the thing that i think really persists among the three of them is that there are no adults around like that's like kind of the main theme and so i really feel like it speaks to millennials and gen z's climate anxiety because like we know that we're the ones who are going to bear the brunt of the climate crisis like no matter what mm-hmm. happens like it's a sad thing to think about but it's like are you the boomers and gen x going to be gone it's just going to be us and who comes after us who are dealing with it 
And so I feel like these shows really, because of that also, they end up really going in on the parents, I feel like. And so it also, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of the older generations having, like, set us up for this awful situation we're in, I feel like, comes in all of them. Yeah, I mean, even with the wilds, like, it's... It's the older generation that is kind of like playing with them and manipulating their circumstances without their knowing, which is very, very meta and very ahead of its time. But even the adult actions are still acting on them in ways they don't even realize, which I think is very poignant. And just speaks to what's happening to us right now. And I also think that another poignant thing is that sometimes the the teens will subvert the expectations of the adults. So like the adults will be like, well, this is... this is the, the theory I will prove. And then like they do something else that disproves that. Oh, that also kind of is poignant in terms of like the tension <laughs> between the generations. Yeah. yeah and you know, it's interesting because you feel like the different people that they put in the groups are just, are, that are made up of the chaos are just different sectors of society and different yes. opinions that they've, you know, taken from their parents. And so it's really interesting to see the shows basically all play with the idea of which ideas will be able to survive yes. and help them survive and which ideas won't serve them anymore, which I think right. is really, really cool. Yeah, and I think that's actually the parallel I saw with Survivor, too, is that it, like, the whole point of Survivor is technically, like, to get, like, people from different walks of life are different mm-hmm. archetypes of humans and that was kind of it, it, it so that that was like one of the parallels i definitely saw but you know obviously the wilds goes a little little off the rails yeah definitely and honestly like all these shows go off the rails in their own way I mean, yes um, <laughs> but yeah so while getting ready for this episode like ironically the ipcc report dropped everybody reacted to it like this is the most terrifying thing ever but then i feel like climate organizers like reacted to it like yeah we knew this like we gotta like organize mm-hmm. or we're fucked like i thought that well, like we can yeah. we can organize so like can we do that instead of like all throwing our hands up in despair because basically what it said if anyone who's listening didn't we really know but just in case you don't basically it we're at gonna be going up to a one and a half degrees celsius of warming no matter what we we're at a point where like that's irreversible but if we like change off of carbon and get carbon out of the atmosphere we could like avert mm-hmm. server warming and stay where we are which is already what we're experiencing with like heat waves and the hurricane that is currently incoming to where me and emma are <laughs> So, mm-hmm. and also, while literally while I was watching one of the three shows for this podcast, it's in the outline because I just like, I screenshotted it because like, this is too ironic. Like I got like a slate news update. When will it get too hot for the body to survive? And I was just oh like, oh my God. Fucking Christ. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm listening. I'm just a I know, I know, I know. But I, I really, <laughs> truly feel like by the end of this podcast, like I still, I even think that these shows each have at least a little nugget of hope in them. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that people do end up doing to like help each other survive. Mm-hmm. And oh, I also just want to mention that the the heat wave is also like, like we were saying different people in different walks of life, like different people, like we all know, like environmental racism is like a thing. And the people who are the most likely to suffer first and most hard are mostly people of color and especially in the u.s black folks and also migrant workers in the u.s have been like dying of uh heat exhaustion in the fields this year like that's been like a huge thing in the news and like we don't have a heat standard at work 
in this country because we don't mm. don't have like a covid standard and it's like you know two years into a pandemic so yeah. you know <laughs> so just another way that our society needs to change to adapt to the fact that it's just going to be hotter since recording we actually have positive news on this front on september 20th 2021 according to politico the biden administration announced that it will begin crafting a standard to protect workers from heat as the federal government wrestles with a growing public health threat exacerbated by climate change so we put a link to the article in the show notes if you want to learn more like we've you know let these fucking billionaires do what they're gonna do for long enough that we've we're at one and a half degrees celsius it's just crazy like you were saying dondra this has been timely for 20 years like my mom Mm -hmm. tells me that they like told her about because like they our parents were around when they like created earth day and shit like that like she was like yeah they were talking about this then and like how we had to like blah 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 amount of time and it's like how many generations of like blah 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 we have this amount of time or we're fucked i feel like i don't know like at least the last two years or this year specifically i've just seen so many parallels to 2001 in terms of like universal lethargy <laughs> around just you know there not being any structure and just universal distrust of the government and i think i don't know that i can see that where there's universal messaging about the thing i think we're just a very reactive country and so it's like we have these periods of 20 years or so where everyone is just reacting to what should have been taken care of the whole entire time yeah and I just I don't know I think you see the same thing in these shows too where it's like it doesn't just happen in one day it's a build-up and I you know it's just it's just the time that we're living in and so one more quote that I wanted to bring up before we kind of watch some introductory themes into the like each of these scenarios that we found ourselves in. So I started reading this book called The Planet to Win. It's by like a few different like socialists and scientists and shit all left-leaning and it's like basically just about like why we need the green new deal and i'm not done with it yet but like i'm gonna do a more green new deal centric episode in the next season so i will then but i did get through naomi klein's forward and she had something about like media that i thought was like really relevant to like the three shows that we're talking about today so she said almost every vision of the future that we get from best-selling novels and big budget hollywood films takes some kind of ecological and social apocalypse for granted it's almost as if a great many of us have collectively stopped believing that there is a future let alone that it could be better in many ways in the present and i feel like that's true like I I, yeah i mean yeah, yeah. It's pretty bleak but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i feel like that people don't write like hopeful like things about like a future these are just examples yeah. of that. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's it, it really does show that uh, the the pessimism and the kind of, like, uh, the, the futility people kind of feel towards it all. Yes, definitely. It makes you wonder how responsible we are being with it. You know, I think if mm, media yeah. has such so much power to send out a message that, like, basically we can wipe our hands clean of it and just like it is what it is is yeah I, you know i know we we all feel that but i think you know as a country that totes itself as being the best like you would think that people would at least be transparent about the efforts that are being made but if there aren't any efforts being made it does inform the fact that people don't have any hope you know yeah, yeah exactly and need to get some shit moving maybe people would have more hope and we'll talk about that at the end <laughs> 
<laughs> so we're gonna queue up the first one now so we're gonna like go through the the different setups and you know we can kind of like talk about how we feel like they you know have to do with everything but especially like you know climate anxiety and i think this one's pretty blatant we're gonna start with daybreak and this is kind of like okay introduction to the main character josh wheeler who i'm gonna say is probably one of the most annoying protagonists that i have seen in a while um, <laughs> like, just like i'm so over this brand of white boy but i think that they make a pretty like blatant climate like we're completely fucked kind of statement like off the bat mm. so wheeler hey that's me josh not Jaden. There are like 20 Jadens in this school. Parents think that they're being unique, but it's an army of vanilla. Not like I'm anything special. I'm a C student. C is in crappy. C is in cannot catch a break. C is in, let's just see how bad things are. Climate change deniers are standing waist deep in hurricane water. Corporations make billions off of nerd culture, making outsiders like the new insiders, leaving the truly odd with no way to self-identify. And little dictators with big egos, well, they can launch a nuke with a tweet. And then one day, whoa, they did. So whatever your problems were, dad won't spring for a larger data plan. Mom won't buy that adorbs top at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> it's all baby food now. Now I'm an A. A is in awesome. A is in the apocalypse was the best thing that ever happened. A is in all you people need to <laughs> Cause I want to show you just only how a white dude would world. say that shit. Actually, it is. He, only he's saying a lot of things. But, uh... So what's life like during the apocalypse? In a word, extra. Be the flow. Oh, oh, I My think. My belong to some Armenian gangster, but he like, he's gone. So I invoke the ancient show. rights where finders are keepers and losers are weepers. He like, you know, has managed to amass a bunch of shit from like a bunch of people. Like everyone has looted, you know, each other's okay. all the stores and stuff. So that's very visual. So there's no point in watching it. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I was telling Emma earlier, I lived in Glendale. That's the first city I actually like lived in. Oh, right. So uh, this is very interesting how the Armenians and all, there would be a lot of stuff to loot, but my first thought is the last person I would want to have guiding me through an apocalypse is a mediocre white man, so that's just that. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I think it just speaks to, it's like a, our generation's version of, you know, the angst, the angst is tied to the larger things happening, you know, yeah. whereas before, usually it's just teenagers being teenagers and they'll grow out of it. Like the angst is defined by the shit that's happening environmentally, which is very next level. Um, to the point where it's like they can't avoid it. It's, it's informing their teenagers, which is sad. <laughs> but very dystopian. Yeah, but also to that point too, like the the very like kind of relaxed sounding attitude, or just like <laughs> accept, you know, very extra, like calling calling the apocalypse extra, right? Like it's very tongue in cheek mm -hmm. way of describing the apocalypse. So, th th and that's also like a very, I think that's just like a, a, it's a defense mechanism our generation uses like against things like yeah. this is like to find humor and just kind of like belittle uh, like the, ex the enormity of what that situations actually are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. It's just like wild having them take that to the extreme of it being somebody actually living through the apocalypse. And right. we're not gonna watch like a lot of it, but like honestly, the reason I wanted to talk about this show was because it just fits so well, but like it didn't get renewed for a season two, and I like don't think that's surprising, like to be completely yeah, honest. Really. Like, I, yeah. I, I was saying to Dondre, that's yeah. why I haven't watched it, and the other one is because I I'm sad there's like the fact that there's only one season it makes me I would like be like annoyed that I'm I couldn't much much sadder that the society got canceled like and that was okay. also because of COVID got canceled like it was mm. it had been renewed and yeah. revoked <laughs> they were like is it nope. gonna be like revived I, I don't I feel like there's like a few stands out there who are still like hashtag save the society but I don't think it happened. <laughs> Oh, no. I am screaming at the society canceling the society. That is too much. But the thing that I think for me is I'm just like not huge into like gore and stuff. And I just think Daybreak is right. like they get really like in the weeds with like there's their zombie equivalent. And I think it's like based off of a comic book. And so that's probably uh. part of it. But like the one surviving teacher who like is like a half mutant something the biological weapon made her like into kind of like a ghoulie but did we get to the ghoulie <laughs> part of this let's watch like another minute i think there might be more from this universe that i've <laughs> cut us off before he explained right there's one of the rules left because there are no adults everyone over the age of 18 is gone well mostly the bombs must have been biological. Most adults melted into goo. And the rest turned into what we like to call ghoulies. I hear the new David Chang restaurant is supposed to be awesome sauce. I should cancel my Facebook account. It's too divisive. I know it seems like they're having a conversation, but they're not. They only say the last stupid thing that they were thinking, but that doesn't mean that they're harmless. They will rip your head off and chug your blood. I mean, look at this guy. It's like prime rib night at the Golden Corral down there. But mostly life is like living in Grand Theft Auto. Except better. Oh my goodness, I, I, I think that was legit where I wanted to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it like legitimately started rain, like raining. Like I think the beginnings of us getting the hurricane is happening. Yeah. Oh my God, this is clearly the oil lobby. They don't want us to talk about the truth. And so some other context from like Daybreak season one that I didn't necessarily want to watch is that like, so they flash back to like a little bit before the bombs went off or whatever. And okay. like Josh and his love interest, Sam, who he's like trying to like find the whole time are like on the couch making out. And in the background you see on CNN that it says like talks break down at the summit. And <sighs> so I, they don't expand on it, but I thought that was one of the most interesting things that was seen the entire, the entire time. I'm like, how did the talks break down? Like, like, are they, were they fighting over like water or something? Like, I don't know. Like I just, I, my mind started going in a million different places. Mm -hmm. And then they also like find out later like all the smart kids get together and like try to figure out like who's alive and like who's dead and like some people did melt from the bombs who were under 18 like so some of their classmates did die in the bombs 
and they find out that all of the kids who died didn't have the HPV vaccine, which I feel like is mostly ends up being a tongue-in-cheek thing because the principal survived and he's all like, my pro-vax agenda saved you. The HPV vaccination only works on teenagers. Adults are too old to get the inoculation. The teenagers survived, the adults died. And I said, so that's current money. My pro-vax agenda saved your lives. <laughs> oh, the principal is Matthew Roderick, by the way. Oh, what? <laughs> this show is bananas, like for real. <laughs> It's wild. There's one more scene that I thought like spoke to their like being very heavy handed with their climate oh, anxiety shit. And so this is like bookending the season. This is the end of the show since they didn't get picked up for a season two. And basically there's like another missile that they have to like disarm or like have it shoot off in a place where it doesn't kill everyone. And so everyone's all like pissed and Angelica, one of Josh's I guess like compatriots, I don't know. They're kind of in these weird tribes in this show where like everyone okay. has like set off into different tribes based on their cliques and stuff. But like Josh and Angelica and this dude Wesley, they are all kind of outsiders who end up like forming their own little group. And so Angelica yeah. kind of lets, she's like one of the younger, younger ones and she kind of lets out her, her angst, you know, so. Okay, this says um, made in Russia. This says biological agent. So Russia and China teamed up to make America the ghoulie fool? No, it's the same all around the world. We don't know who did what. No, we know it's the adults' fault. I mean, listen to them. I want to get solar panels, but I'm going to wait until the price drops. I have to stay under my mileage for the wait. It's dark out. No one will see if I don't pick up the dog's poop. One stupid job to teach us how to be good people. But adults are the most selfish assholes of all. And the worst part is, we don't get our chance to grow up and fuck up the world ourselves. Fuck you! Hey, okay, then we'll just unfuck it. Angelica, you are a Mensa-level genius with flexible morality. And I need you. Yeah, and so then they have like their nice little friendship moment. But yeah, I think that's like really like insert like oil billionaires and the network of enablers for adults. Yeah. And I feel like that is an accurate thing to say, like that they mm -hmm. fucked up the world for and that they're selfish assholes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. Also, they're not even just the external stuff, but the generational familial stuff that they fucked up to. Um, they fucked up many things in many sectors. Yep. So that's real. Um, one thing that I think everyone will be happy to know is that like what ends up happening is that Sam like does not want to be with Josh. And he's all like, we're going to have this picture perfect. Like, we're going to go to this furniture store that looks like the perfect home and, like, live there, live out, live out our apocalypse happily after after. And she's like, no. I wonder how much more fruitful this show would have been if it was from a different person's POV. Because I, I, I do find it very interesting that they chose to make someone like that in this day and age the, the guide for a show, which right. is very interesting. I, I just think that literally anyone else's perspective would have been so much more interesting <laughs> yeah yeah probably would have got them as the second season you know right no you're totally right the um, wesley the like gay black character who you saw for like a second in that clip he has like one episode he's incredibly where... skeptical of everyone by the way yeah, he's <laughs> mad weed he's my favorite character for sure um, <laughs> uh he's oh he, like, i don't know where his weeds endless weed supply is supposed to come from in the apocalypse but like whatever he's getting yeah, that is. perspective that would have been way more interesting <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
If they were to come back, I feel like they would need to do that, just like switch the perspective, because there's no way that they're, there's no way we're getting the full picture yeah. of what's really happening through, you know, Josh or... Right, and that could be an interesting, like, take on a series anyway. Like, each season's a new character's perspective. Right, because we have a experienced yeah. apocalypse. Yeah, Wesley... We're basically like creating episode. a writer's room for them. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Wesley had, like, a single episode where you, like, kind of got his narration, but it would have been way cooler if it had just been from his perspective. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, so that's Daybreak. I think I have like one other clip later that we're gonna watch, but mostly I think the rest, like I just, I find the society and the wilds to be like, I have more clips from those to watch. <laughs> just say that. Okay, thank um, God. So, <laughs> um, but they, they just say the apocalypse so many times in that show that I was like, I can't not include it. Like it's just, it's just begging to be no. included in this episode. Um, oh, absolutely. So we're gonna watch the society. We're gonna watch the little so. setup. So one thing that I think is really interesting so we don't know what the source of their like fate is but there's this like smell that is like in the town and then it comes back and then it goes away and we're gonna see as we watch and so i don't know what would have happened but i think that it's like definitely feels like it's some sort of like corporate neglect like sort of situation right well this is why i'd be frustrated watching this show because i'd want this there's a lot of unanswered questions yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's rough it's rough It's back. The smell. It's back. Oh, shit. I thought they took care of that. There you are. Why, student body president isn't enough for you? Now you're home on her too, Cassandra. We're on in a minute, Harry. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like the introduction to the smell. Then Harry's mom has some sort of position in like the government and like him and Kelly like go by the office the next day and they're they're, like adults having like a very serious conversation and they're like shooed away. And so then the adults are like convened together on the eve of this like big trip that all of the like kids over the age of I think 16 at the school are gonna go on. Yeah. There was a smile that went away and now it's back. The committee of select men has asked the federal government for help. The EPA and the Department of the Interior will begin testing this week. The point is, there's no reason to suspect that this stink poses any health hazard. It's just nauseating. But if anyone wants to use this as a cue to get out of Dodge for the week, personal choice. And of course, I've seen your high school. Kids over the age of 16 are going to be the guests of the National Park Service who will bust them to the Great Smoky Mountains for a week's camping. So then all the kids get on the buses and the buses leave and everyone, you know, like falls asleep. It's dark and they wake up and they're back in the town and the bus drivers are like, there was like a rock slide or something like we couldn't, we couldn't, like trips canceled, go home. And so everybody goes home and their cars are still in the driveway, but nobody's parents are there. There's nobody around. It's just them. And everyone starts texting each other, reporting back. And then everyone sort of like gathers around. Like, okay, so no one's been able to reach anyone. Okay, cool. Like, has anyone been able to reach anyone? No. And then like Cassandra, who was the person that you saw, like let the people into the gym, who's kind of like a, like, you know, student council president. She's a natural leader. She's like, if anyone yes. needs, you know, to doesn't feel safe, come to my house. Anyone who doesn't want to, uh, be alone can come back to our house, yeah? Okay. If you 
one. Yeah. Like, so people start to realize that. And then the next day, the tech kids have all figured out there's no way to call 911. There's no way to get on the internet. Like, they've, you know, covered all the bases. And they're like, we are, like, isolated. And then jocks go and drive out to each of the exits and find that there is, like, it's all overgrown. And there's, like, no way out of, uh, yeah. And so this, we're going to watch the reaction of, like, kind of the core characters of the show, like, to the fact that they're like, where the fuck are we? What is happening? <laughs> right. Maybe we're dreaming. It's best option. Maybe this is just some elaborate fucking game. Like someone built an exact replica of our town and just put it in the middle of nowhere. And if we just walk like, this way or that way or any way, eventually we'll get back to the real world. I'm not saying it makes any sense. There was a smell. And then it went away, and it came back, and the buses came for us. You're gonna just work this out, Cassandra, like some logic problem? I mean, not a flicker of a doubt. The world doesn't just turn upside down without a reason. We're not in some play within a play, okay? Clever is not the same thing as true. There is a point to everything. There are answers. That's right. God doesn't just play games with people for fun. Yeah, she's Jesus, girl. All right, look, Grizz and I'll get a group together and we'll go hike out of here through the woods, okay? Like a search party. I think that's a good idea. Do you think it's safe? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Grizz knows what he's doing, and, and if there's people out there, we gotta find them, right? Gotta get help. I'm leaving. I'm hungry. You're leaving? Yeah, I got a house with a refrigerator with food inside of it, and I'm gonna go eat it. Luke! You can't just leave. It, well, what are we supposed to do instead? We have to figure out what is happening to us. You're not student council president anymore. God, you really, really need to get over that. You coming with Kel? No. Jesus Christ, just get in the car. Leave her alone. Hey, fuck off, Will. Fine, who gives a shit? Hey, what are you doing? Uh, I'm just gonna send a text. Let everybody know how fucked we are. Don't. Come on, let's think about this. Work. Yeah, they can only communicate with each other, though. Yep. Weird. Yeah. And so it's just like a very visual montage, but then like everybody panics and like they completely like ransack the grocery store. And it's like. I don't know, it's just like the kind of, I guess, like the kind of hysteria reaction that people had almost like beginning of the pandemic when people were like buying and saying right. about the toilet paper yep. and stuff. Like it kind of reminds me of that. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of that. We're going to talk more about how they end up creating a society when we get more into it. And then we don't get to find out what actually happened. I would think that it's something to do with like some sort of corporate slash government corruption is like where I'm leaning by the end of it. But they do like mm. go through all the documents at Town Hall and like look at all the stuff with like the EPA and the smell removal guy that they paid who like whatever communications happened there. But I feel like that was set up for season two that never happened. So, mm -hmm. so now we're gonna watch the wild. Here we go. Yeah. Our island stranded babies what are the five on crack yeah and what do they call them the unthinkable eight mm -hmm. um, you are bleeding internally your heart rate will be like shot i think you're just a little roughed up 
anjing. Alright, help me out with the timeline here. Um, about how long had you been out there at that point? I don't know. Two, three hours? I'm just trying to pin down when a crash occurred. I honestly don't know. From the crash till when you spotted the shoreline, you can't give me a ballpark estimate. Look, I don't mean to be difficult. This is that part at the beginning. It's all blur, and not just for me. After the plane went down, we all had this blank in our memories. Even the ones that came to on the island. Martha! Marty! Martha surprised she's the only one that showed you. <laughs> Marty! You gotta get up and move around, alright? You're in shock. Who, like your parents? Well, if it makes you feel any better, they're probably feeling pretty shitty right now. Like, crushing guilt. <laughs> True. Are you I always go realist. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> Rachel! Are you okay? Oh, there you go. Puking up chocolate cake. What is up with the chocolate cake? Because if it is, I I won't stop you. I'm it pretty sure it's what they use to like drug them. Yeah. Oh, I think it drugs right. them. True. True. You think I'm doing this shit on purpose? No. Because it could be motion sickness, or the fact that we just woke up in a fucking nightmare, right, Nora? I was just asking. Rachel. No, you weren't. You're treating me like a Nora. child, like you always do. I mean, that's why we're here, that's right? Not true. That's not true. Yes, it is. You got it in your head that you didn't protect yeah. me, and now we're here. Obviously, we're spoiling everything in this podcast. So, Nora, <laughs> sus as fuck. Like, re watching it back, knowing that she's the operative is wild. Yeah. It's wild. Wild in the wilds. Wild in the wilds. But yeah, so, you know, I think that this one is, like, going to be a lot of jumping around for us just because, like, the way the, the show is styled, obviously, is, like, yep. they're being, they're, like, having their rescue interviews interspersed with, like, you know, Gretchen, the grand puppet master, interspersed with them actually on the island. Mm -hmm. But we, we, all we have to go on is that we know that they got rescued at some point, that they went down, and that, you know, we will find out by the end of the episode. They are being watched and observed. And not just watched and observed, but, like, controlled. They're, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, they're being manipulated. It's so much like a reality show. It's so crazy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Also, I have to say, I love the way that they took Nora, the quintessential perky bookworm girl, and just totally demonized that. I don't yeah. know. I feel like, you know, Nora, so she's so, Maria, she's so Maplewood. She's so, like, whimsical and, like, you know, just, like, in her own world. And I just, I don't know, that's the kind of person you're like, oh, they're so cool. And they just totally flip that. Yeah, yeah. And they also kind of make Rachel seem like she's, like, the more, like, evil and, like, not easygoing of the, the two sisters and then you realize that Nora's been like an operative the whole time. <laughs> it's a good comment on how people view tone over content, you know, mm. like if someone's saying something in a certain way, it'll get overrided because the tone of it was too aggressive, you know? Yeah, and especially when it's coming out of a black girl's mouth. <laughs>
Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we're just gonna jump ahead to when you when they reveal that they're being watched. Because then we're gonna go into the Kid Nation parallels right away. So that would be a good setup. I've been trying to reach you. Which one? Jeanette. Can we even proceed? I mean, without her assistance on the ground. We have another operative. Have you located her? Yeah. She's still intact? Yeah, she's Tell fine. me exactly what happened. We're still piecing it together. It looks like there was some mishandling by the transition team. And you cut her phone? Of course. And you're absolutely sure she's dead? This was about three hours ago. So that's like a huge reveal of like all the screens they have. And there's like, I think there's like a nine that they show on this huge projector for listeners at home. And the girls doing their little like funeral for Jeanette is like on the screen. And what a waste of a pretty. Ah, uh, the pink song that they sing to, to her is so, like, it's so morbidly funny. <laughs> Especially now watching it back. Love a good Instapop. Yeah, and so like, obviously, like we're not gonna get into it too much because it's not as relevant, but Leah is the big one who like seems to think and knows that something is going on that's larger here. Mm -hmm. She points out that all of them have a working knowledge of CPR, which they immediately realize because they're trying to resuscitate Jeanette. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that's fucking what, like they're like, I'm sorry, uh, the average teenage girl yes. does not just have the thing. I, no. Sure, plenty do, but like not the, I had no. Like, <laughs> for all of them to know how to yeah. do it, yeah. Yeah. Very oh, sus. Oh, the one thing I wanted to watch before we went into the Kidation thing. I almost forgot was that Gretchen thinks she's doing this experiment like to fit in with our whole climate anxiety premises. She thinks she's doing it to like mm. avert the apocalypse. Like, and so I think that that's important for us to to watch. So this is part of like a speech that she's like clearly getting ready to give to investors. And like, we're going to watch some different parts of it throughout because it explains her whole philosophy pretty much and she is such a like she's scary, a good anti-hero she's a scary white feminist it's like white feminism to like the nth degree i feel like literally to the end because she's like wait, wait, i need to study these women in society because women can run society in apocalypse and yeah it's like girl, i'm gonna what? drum them and watch them <laughs> fine. so everything's yeah. fine she really is a perfect anti-hero for this time yeah all right commentary Let's talk about transitions of power. In patriarchal societies, these are typically marked by violence. Resources are lost, blood is shed, often on a grand scale. In contrast, we expect our subjects to discover a peaceful, female-driven model of governance. The mantle of leadership will be passed as needed and entirely without conflict. Yo, Martha. You should go over there, cut up that driftwood, make it work for a new shelter. Oh boy. Here. Great. And then she really goes in on it with like her gynotopia shit <laughs> in the clip that we're about to watch. I'm like, girl, are you I'm like, girl, are you okay? Like <laughs> It's true. What we're doing involves substantial risk. 
But every game-changing endeavor does, and that is what we're after here, radical game change. At the end of 12 weeks, we will have seen gynotopia in action and have proof that it is women and not men who have a natural gift for creating harmonious and capable communities, and that the reins of power should finally be shifted into their hands. Free endeavor. <sighs> Fuck it. Fuck it. To hell with ceremony, to hell with the script, to hell with male domination that has turned this planet into a war-torn, money-hungry fireball. You know why you're here. You know why you supported us. Because 10 years from now, you don't want to be watching the apocalypse wishing that you'd had the courage to do something insane in the name of fucking progress. Oh, yeah. Truly wild. <laughs> yes. Um, That's no. such a great character because you genuine. She genuinely believes what she's saying. You know? Oh yeah. No, she really thinks that she is saving society, saving the world. Yeah. Her methods are justified. Right. And even if your experiment, like your hypothesis, is completely correct, like what are you gonna do? Like you're gonna go to the UN and be like, women must now be in charge. Look at these results. Like what? exactly. That's what I. Well, that's right. what I think. Like we're maybe gonna get more in season two. Like yeah. what is the actual output of this research anyway i'm i think there's more but it really is just like everything that we fear in like like a, a classic like white feminist power yeah yeah she she's the embodiment of that the nth degree if i'm correct i'm pretty sure the parents are in on it too right with the yeah. show or they're like in on it to an extent like they like know it's some intensive retreat that's gonna like i think they all oh you know what it is i think they all think it's something different yeah. i think she sells it to them thinking it's something they're thinking it's like different depending like it's sold to them different like they all have different versions of the truth i feel like um exactly none of which are the correct and complete truth exactly. <laughs> and so i think that the wilds and the insane show that was kid nation that we lived through that airing i i never watched it but i distinctly remember the commercials and that people that people watched it like i don't like i've never really been a big reality tv person so maybe that was part of why i never did but I thought that we would first watch, because I think this is the most reality TV that they get in the wilds, is when they have their shelter building contest. Basically, some Takis uh, wash up on shore, and there's conflict over who is going to get them, and so they decide to do a shelter building contest, and this is truly just, like, so reality show. Bam, where's your witness? Hey, 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 how about, how about we just take a step back and get a good, clear read of this situation? The situation is that they're mine, and anybody who tries to take him is a colonizer. Okay, just listen up for a sec. We're all real sick of eating macadamia nuts, right? And here we have something that everybody wants with no surefire owner. So I say that we look at these Takis as a grand prize and we play for them. Can't we just eat them? Yeah, seriously, she's gone full youth group counselor on us. Play what? Three words. Shelter building contest. No way! <laughs> we'll split it to two teams, right? And whoever builds the best, most durable one wins. I'm out. What? How many times do I have to say it? I'm not trying to make myself at home here. I want to leave. <laughs> she's so funny. Uh <laughs> Like, of course they do. I'm the only one thinking of getting up out of there. I feel like everyone else is like, okay, no. we're here. Let's make a paradise. She's like, um, no, this is not the norm. No, no, we're Sterling Island guys. Gotta yeah. get off. She usually <laughs> yeah. is just like speaking the like, uncomfortable truth that no one wants to say. I feel like. 
Like she's, yeah. I remember watching it with my boyfriend, and he that was the only character that he actually could attach himself to because he was like, the rest of them are just playing games. <laughs> they're just playing games and just, just, you know, like there needs to be a strategy to getting them out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of them are almost like, yeah. I mean, maybe like, I don't know. Like, if you think about it, like Nora's kind of like coaxing them along at different points, I feel like, too, to like get them to like look at it like a game more than. Like a game of survival, I guess. I know. I really cannot with Nora. I'm excited to see what we learn about more about that whole situation in um, the new season. Yeah, she's even still alive because we're not sure if she's alive by the yeah, end of Yeah, yeah. She's one of the Wait. ones who's, yeah, whose like fate is in question for sure. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so this is the, the part of the talkie building contest where they like actually talk about reality shows. <laughs> Up. Out there and get the best raw materials before they do. Okay, pump the brakes a sec. Hey, no brakes, ma'am. I've got the axe. We've got to move. Shouldn't we just take a quick five to talk about what we're actually building? Marty, me know what's up. You know, we can just do it how we do, right? Like a framed hut, wigwam style. And we learned it in that heritage workshop. Those are super complicated, Tony, which you might have known if you hadn't slept through that entire workshop. Listen, I'm not saying that we have to have it all figured out, but a few concrete plans couldn't hurt. Why do you always have to take the wheel? And shouldn't you be letting Jesus do that? What do you know about building shit anyway? <laughs> Hate to burst your bubble, but I've worked on 11 different Habitat for Humanity projects. Okay, Marty, let's hit the woods. What the hell's wrong? Let's go! What's wrong is that she doesn't want to go running off without the slightest idea what the end game is. Can I let her speak for you now? Tony, that's not... Okay, whatever. Make all the plans that you want, I'm gonna go and do the work. Guess I'm doing this alone! <laughs> shit, turmoil over there. Isn't that good for us? If you've seen any group challenge on any reality TV show ever, you know that it's the hot mess team that always pulls out the win. So, <laughs> that's why I've got a game plan. Cool, let's do it. <laughs> you don't even want to hear it first. <laughs> Look, I'm cool with following your lead on this. This shit is not in my wheelhouse. And I don't think it's in Leah's. Yeah, no, extremely not. <laughs> and I've got my life. That it's not in fact. Like, it was fun that they, that they did that, this episode, and <laughs> that it's a good lead into our conversation about Kid Nation and how the concept of, like, a bunch of adults controlling and manipulating, like, kid, people who are under the age of 18, like, children, like, mm. <laughs> is totally, like, like, it's wild that we're talking about this, like, fictional show and that it actually, like, is very similar to an actual reality show that happened to, like, real human children. <laughs> Um, so in 2007, Kid Nation aired, and this is from a New York Times article at the time. 40 kids, one town, no adults. That is the pitch CBS has been using for the last three months to promote its new reality show. Kid Nation, which took 40 children to the New Mexico desert for 40 days and asked them to try to build a working community. But in the last week, as the show came under scrutiny, CBS has been taking pains to assert that Kid Nation was, in fact, crawling with adults. Child psychologists, pediatricians, and paramedics all of them closely watching over the children. And so I feel like that's just like incredibly relevant because like they're like, we have legal cover because like Jeanette is going to be there and like we have this operative. So like even though they're like doing their own thing on their own, like they're totally taken care of. Yeah, it's like they, they absolve themselves of what they've done by being like, oh, we put people in places to kind of help the chaos keep going, but make sure it doesn't get quote unquote too out of hand, even though what they've done by putting these girls in those circumstances is out of hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Like, like you think it's even gonna be like trauma, no matter what, like no matter how it right, goes. Right. Yeah. yeah, like one of them says at one point, like I wanna, I think Martha says like, I wanna be changed by something. 
You don't think all this will do the trick? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like this is like a like you're making them have a traumatic life event for the name of Gynotopia, apparently. It's so they rationalize it to to themselves and for the sake of this research and progress and society. But it really, really, it's so immoral. Yeah, <laughs> it really reminds me of how like a lot of our parents' generation. I remember growing up, my mom would always be like, "Why are you tired? You shouldn't be tired," you know. And it's like they're in the situation where the adults are controlling it, but they're like, oh, they'll be fine. You shouldn't, you know, they're kids. They'll bounce back from it, right. you know? <laughs> totally. The same type of, you know, this approach of your generation can handle it. It's not that big of a deal, even though, like, they're the reason why the shit is so bad. <laughs> Absolutely. So I thought we would watch the Kid Nation trailer, which is, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. And the best thing about this is that, like, Everything from like 2007 just like looks permanently 2007 and like it's never going to yes. be different. And so if you're at home, like we're going to put it in the show notes. I highly recommend that you go and watch it to get the full experience. Imagine a world <laughs> with no adults. Just 40 kids with a chance to build their own society. Our work is cut out for us. Welcome to Kid Nation. No one here knows how to cook. I'm a beauty queen. I don't do dishes. The only show where kids will do things all on their own. A TV event unlike anything you've ever seen. It's dusty. We're dirty. I'm just going to have to keep pushing. We can do it. This is our world. Kid Nation, coming this fall to CBS. <sighs> that really happened. Why did they just package that for consumption? Like, <laughs> who did they imagine that their target audience was? Well, there like, was... I, I think they saw there was a, another headline, Maria. Was it in your in your outline, or did I just see it elsewhere? That was like, be careful what you like pitch. Oh, yeah, <laughs> be no, careful what was, you. That was literally that was... the New York Times article at the time. Yeah, that was the headline. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Be careful what you lesson, pitch. Be careful what you pitch. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it does seem like something like, what if there was just like a show that like put a bunch of kids like it seems like someone just like callously said that. <laughs> yeah, like somebody said it when they were high, and then like they yeah. actually did it somehow. Like it's like like you know it's like no, you weren't supposed to actually execute that idea. Like. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. why it was only like... one season. People are already living in the Bush administration. How much more pressure do you want to put on them? I just oh don't God. understand. So true. I like. Man, that feels like so long ago, and yet at the same time, not that long ago. Well, not that long ago, yeah. yeah. It really? Yeah, that was, it was... Like, that was like the beginning of me and Andre's friendship, 2007, like around that time. Mm -hmm. friends like 2006, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm just like, we're families that like supposed to gather together and watch these poor kids. <laughs> I, just, I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> it just, just says a lot of, about what we found. Like, coming, this is around the same time as, you know, Britney Spears. Like, I'm like, yeah. The right. type of things that we were drawn to watching and just being, you know, just like lightly taking and not really very, very interesting. And also explains the incredible backlash that our generation has had to it. Cause I'm like, oh my God. Huh? <laughs> Post 9 11 George Bush era. Like, <laughs> just 2001 to 2008, I feel like was a it was a very it, awful i just feel like this is like we just blatantly awful things were, were happening kind of like in a in a very like fuck it way yeah, and lucky us we got to grow up during that time <laughs> yeah. yeah but so like i read like an article where they like in, they like interviewed some of them and it was from 2020 so this is like recent and like one of them is like we weren't abused we weren't hurt in any way but it was definitely 
definitely a lot more exploitative than I remember it being back then. The thing is, we weren't fully formed people. Mm. We were kids. And mm. it's like, yeah. To them, it was probably like, oh, this is so cool. I get to be on TV. But then like, they, like 40 days is like a long time. Like, that's okay. Survivor is 39 days. It's not wow. even 40. <laughs> wow. And so it just like, it just feels like crazy that there's any, like, I don't even like, I know, feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but it just like feels crazy that there's anything that actually happened in real life that we can compare to the wilds like this but yeah because then you watch the wilds and like you hear gretchen like talking about the different milestones that they passed on the island and exactly it's like exactly it's like that's what a reality tv producer would be saying yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, another show about the like bad have yes. you um have you heard of the show um i'm blanking on the name but it's it's unreal it's like the bat it's like a fake bachelor show and like the produ- it's a it's about like the production behind a show that's like the bachelor but not the bachelor ah interesting yeah and just just if we're talking about like control and juice stuff that that's another i mean that's another fascinating one just uh because it's apparently it's based off like people that it used to work on those kinds of shows oh, so yeah that is so I thought that we would just watch more of Gretchen's speech where she's kind of talking about the different milestones that they passed and stuff and just how she sounds like, you know, a reality show producer just to sort of round that out. Thank you. Did you like that? Oh, she's so, she's just like so wild. Like, I know I'm using that word a lot, but. I... Oh, it, it, what better time? Ladies and gentlemen, the tide is finally turning. Thanks to your investment, we're closer than ever to ending the old paradigm and realizing our collective dreams for the future. Fire, water, the tide is turning. Is that too cute, too expected? Not at all. I mean, you know, when an idiom works, work it. No, it's cheap. Totally. Okay, let's get back to the Fire, water, shelter. These are just a few of the milestones our subjects have reached thus far. As you know, we began this project with a humble theory and just a whisper of hope that it would be borne out. But the images you see before you and nearly every bit of data collected till now indicate that this study will deliver the outcome we've all been dreaming of. Our independently minded subjects are starting to cohere, to share their thoughts and their fears as they work towards solving the challenges they face together. Oh, yeah. It's kind of weird because, like, the idea that a bunch of girls could, like, you know, in the face of adversity, work together is not one that I'm necessarily opposed to. It's just like, this is not the right. way, girl. This is not the way. No, there are many, <laughs> many other avenues to achieve this. <laughs> many but it also like i guess shows how like somebody like an investor could be like caught up in her rhetoric because it's like some of the things she says are like mm-hmm. kind of like yeah sure that sounds nice yeah then, like yeah. yeah i feel like it's kind of making a commentary on i guess you could say like woke culture i feel like if you can say certain things and align yourself with certain beliefs i guess there's this sense of immunity and so i think it's very interesting that they you know make her this person who has the beliefs that she would see on twitter or or here in certain circles but like you see how that same belief can then be altered or twisted based off of someone's implementation or how they how they think it should play out in their mind you know and i think a lot of the woke language now is so black and white and i think this really does an amazing job exploring the gray and, and, and putting more of us in that gray. There's, there's moments where you're like, I agree with you, but then there's moments where it's like, no, I didn't agree with 
where you went with that, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. That's a really good point. I think something pretty fucked is going on here, and I think somebody knows all about it. All right, we yeah. plan to intervene as minimally as possible. After all, we want their behaviors to be self-motivated, organic, and untainted by the observer effect. Oh, God. Are you okay? Yeah, I hate stilettos. Ugh. Yet another mechanism of oppression. This is what the patriarchy wants, <laughs> to turn us into tall, slow geishas with fallen arches and fucking sciatica. Can I ask then, just for my own edification, why why do you wear them? Because my legs look good in them. Self-motivated behavior, <laughs> right. Of course, safety is a priority. So inconspicuous overtures have been made. Here you see a medical reinforcement bag delivered by our team on day two. Beyond that, it is up to the ocean to decide what comes ashore. That creepy ass Seriously? smile on her face. I hate it so much. <laughs> like, ooh, it's up to the it's up to the ocean what, what essential materials come ashore for these teenage girls to survive with. <laughs> what a fucked experiment. I mean truly. Truly. You all yeah, it's um, okay. Um and then this, this, <laughs> sometimes there's just no words. Um then there's just hey, yeah, <laughs> I think this is the final piece of the speech here that I wanted to watch. As you know, we have one participant who has been fully briefed yes, and about is firmly the under our control. She's the confederate, as we say in the field, our woman on the inside. Now, she's also an adult, which gives us legal cover, and she supervises our younger subjects. As for the other operative, she functions more as a fail-safe. Someone yeah, with and they really try to make you think it's done. Reach out <laughs> in an emergency, mm -hmm. and she's an actual peer, so she will blend seamlessly into the social fabric. So yeah, and then at the end of the season, where we're left before season two, and this is the only show we're talking about today where we actually are going to get to have a season two. <laughs> Leah, like, if, like she manages to, like, booby trap her door in, like, the post-rescue place or being held or whatever, and she, like, gets out, and she ends up, like, running through the halls and ending up in a control room where you see that the boys, there's, like, a boy group, like, a control group that's all boys on a different island, clearly, doing the same fucking thing. And since then, they have, like, announced the casting of, like, the boys that have been cast in season oh, two. Oh, really? Yes. And one of them is the guy who plays Harry in the society. Oh my god. I cannot. <laughs> I know. Not the casting. I cannot. Everything else is. I didn't recognize any of the other dudes, but I just thought that was too funny. It is. But so, yeah, so in season two, I think we're obviously going to get more of the girls, but we're also going to clearly, like, go on the island of the boys. And it's just like, so are the, we, are the boys just going to flail around like crazy? Like, is their theory going to be <laughs> correct? <Right. Like> <laughs> Because the society. Also, I'm looking at it. Do the boys kill each other? Look, like, is, is that their theory? Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of the cast right now for season two. Very, very, very interesting. Like, there's one, two, three, four. There's eight of them. Was there eight girls? Uh, something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's eight girls too. Very, very interesting. Yeah, so it's like the control group or whatever. So we're gonna learn more about that, but that was just like a crazy ending. And then like, she looks at the camera and she's like, what the fuck? And then the mm -hmm. 
So I guess I just like generally wanted to, you know, watch some moments where we kind of see like how they end up surviving in the apocalypse. So I have one more daybreak clip. This is the only other one I had because Sam manages to grow strawberries in the apocalypse. And so I feel like this is one of the only moments we get where like you really get to see sort of like the kids figuring out how to survive rather than just like fighting each other. I think mm -hmm. that Daybreak does a good job of showing what could happen if like people decided not to band together. <laughs> and, <laughs> but this is like a moment where like, you know, they actually like live off of the land in this interesting way. And it takes into account the fact that it's like a nuclear apocalypse. So yeah. Something has to be done. Turbo's acting all kinds of insane. He's not eating. Hunger can make anyone go a bit bonkers. Well, what else are you growing in your garden? What else? Do you know how hard it is to grow a strawberry in the apocalypse? I've been toiling in that garden for months trying to get anything edible. The first batch was glowing. The second batch had spider legs and crawled away. And, and then after all that, I got to thinking, sunflowers. Sunflowers absorb radiation. They purify the soil. So now we have strawberries. And berries are a superfood. It's pretty fucking smart. How'd you learn that sunflower bit? Miss Crumble's biology class. I, I wish that there had been like more of that in the show. Like, I feel like that is more interesting mm -hmm. than like a bunch of uh, kids like murdering each other, which is a right. lot of the rest of the show, to be real. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so I think these shows definitely just like really ask that question that is like, if it's just really the rest of us left, like, the basic questions of like how do we survive where will we get food from like will we be able to find shelter like i think that people really are ha having these thoughts and people because people are trying to plan their futures and then they feel like mm -hmm. they can't see a future and so these are kind of oh. the questions that you're left with and so i just think it's interesting the different ways that these shows kind of like answer that question and that little like piece of information from biology could suddenly become something that like allows you to to grow food for people like in an apocalypse situation mm -hmm. and you're the only she's yeah. like how did you know that and it's like bitch we were in the same class like it was from the biology <laughs> class we were sitting in but like not knowing that information not remembering that could be the difference between you like figuring something like that out right like you know that, that phrase like oh i, I like, that person could never survive the apocalypse yeah. it's those kinds of <laughs> it's those kinds of people we're talking about exactly exactly yeah. in the society things i feel like get really interesting like i feel like they kind of end up doing like like socialism they kind of end up doing democratic socialism it's kind of cool and basically at first so where we left off most when we most recently watched was that everybody was going crazy and ransacking <laughs> the grocery stores and such but the girls honestly this is one of my favorite things about this show is that the girls kind of are like we need to figure out how to make this not happen anymore and so cassandra mm -hmm. calls a meeting of all of the girls in the church and they like discuss the situation is it gretchen's theory come true yeah gretchen? let's uh, keep that in mind <laughs> thought we destroyed those stores last night and if we don't do something male testosterone is going to be the end of us is that why it's just girls here right now it's just pillage but how long until someone's raped walking home one night and no one gives a shit because that's just how it is? Mm. Okay, I'm sorry no one wanted to date you in high school, Cassandra, but this war on men feels a little extra. Shut the fuck up, Gwen. <laughs> yes. Literally. Literally shut the fuck up. Everything that kept us safe is gone. 
there isn't anyone to say no. And when you stop hearing no, you begin to think you can do anything. Women aren't safe in a world that's run by brute force and stupidity. If we want peace, we need order. And to get order, we need to exert our power. And so we can just jump to how they exert that power, which I think is pretty kick-ass as they like have their Lysistrata moment and like all the girls withhold sex until the boys basically agree to what's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm thinking, what if we like didn't take stuff, <laughs> like food or whatever? Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? Sharing? It could be like socialism. Oh my God. There's no I in team, right? <laughs> What? Eric could give you that talk? No. <laughs> oh, really? Because Gwen said that exact shit to me last night. Well, it's not like it worked in China. Socialism. Kind of worked. Everything's made in China. Yeah. China's a poor example. The party took complete priority over the workers. In reality, we've never seen a true socialist state. Maybe all the Chinese women said they wouldn't put out unless all the men got on board. <laughs> Gwen say that too? Hiding. Well, socialism it is. <laughs> I want to fuck socialism it is. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Just let everybody gather. Gather. We need to know what we have and what we're at risk of running out of. So there'll be an accounting of resources. Once we get a handle on that, we'll begin to ration food, eating meals communally in the cafeteria. We'll also share houses in case water and electricity are in limited supply, which at this point, we don't know. But it's better to be safe because if we run out, we don't have a solution. No one will be doing any of this alone. We'll have rotating work lists. That way everyone contributes the same. And this includes in the decision making, it'll be by committee. Finally, we're gonna put together a committee on going home so we can formally investigate how we got here and how we're gonna get back. Adopting this new way of living doesn't mean we're giving up. It means we're smart and prepared. That's the plan. I think we should vote. Okay, all in favor, please raise your hands. Oh, then the girls like stare down their fucking boyfriends like I know you want that pussy like <laughs> Man, the only people who aren't raising their hands are like annoying ass looking white dudes I don't think For that real. we can do this unless it's unanimous last girl to have to put her hand up wow wild they, see, like, the details in this show are pretty are pretty good I gotta say I know these are large casts, but I wonder how much them being canceled has to do with, like, you know, they say things come out at certain times because there's a need in society. I wonder if it was, like, a collective agreement between the studios and the rooms as to, like, we don't need to create another season of this because of what's going on, you know? I mean, yeah, I think it also might have had to do with, like, COVID protocols as far as, because it was a pretty early in COVID cancellation, and I think that it's clearly a really, like you said, like, it's also, like, they probably have an insane amount of extra. Large like, in a, like, a large I wonder also whether so a lot of people from different countries, too, like Canadians, like, that would create visa issues, too. Yeah, because mm. yeah, a lot of shooting happens, if it doesn't happen in Los Angeles, it happens in Vancouver. Yeah. And 
so i also wanted to watch another clip from so basically like this way of living that they do like they they fast forward six months into the future and they're like still living like this so i feel like out of all of the shows this one most intensely looks at like the idea of like kids really like surviving on their own and like like i mean it's the society like legitimately creating a new society yeah and so they even get to the point where they're gonna like try to find farmland because they're gonna run out of food and everything and so this is sort of like introducing what they end up being six months into living like this this is who we are now we eat and live communally we even sweat communally this is all according to cassandra's rules now there are Ali's rules as well. The midnight curfew, mandatory weekly town meetings, and the community doctrine. Those who don't work, don't eat. We found a balance between doing what's expected of us and finding happiness where we can. In love, or in sex, or play. We waffle between following the rules and bending them, constantly worrying that if we bend too far, this whole rickety structure might topple and break. Because we know that we're always one dumb move away from ruin. I think it's interesting because I feel like what she just described is sort of how like being an adult in the U.S. feels sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Oh. <laughs> It really is the idea of like that being thrust upon you like too soon in addition like in addition to the fact that like it sucks that that's like a thing under capitalism like like the idea that a bunch of kids could be thrust into the decision like being responsible too soon because of like climate and like apocalypse mm -hmm. an interesting one you know what i also found really interesting the fact that the specific generation who has had instagram since middle school who's been kind of like pushed towards vanity being the norm it's taking you know this huge apocalypse to bring them back down to earth and and realize what community is and to actually have person interactions it, it, you know it's just a very interesting what it takes to basically bring this type of generation back to reality yeah uh, and i i also what, what you said maria about like it just being a parallel of entering or just being an adult and the struggles of that but it's also just the like like paradox of like the way she was describing like the shaky the shakiness of it all and and how we bend bend the rules of of and it's kind of like i don't know i feel like it's kind of what like millennials gen z do they just kind of like are, are are scrappy in terms of like making things work yeah <laughs> so i don't know i just found a lot of parallels there okay so i was just gonna go forward to them having like a little committee meeting as like our final survivalist one i'm coming in the middle of the clip but they like have like classes now and like they're gonna they have like a regular movie night so they're like really trying to like keep everyone's spirits up in addition like it's just like a level of survival i feel like that like we don't get to see in yeah. the other two yeah you all tomorrow for movie night thank you gwen Okay, I just want to remind everybody that this Thursday's Thanksgiving, so uh, bring all your recipes to Will so that he can make sure that you guys all have the right ingredients. Um, next, we have an update from the Committee on Resources. What about the Committee on Going Home? Gordon Bean uh, promised me a report on Thursday. Are we going home? Not before Thursday. <laughs> Will? Okay, so we finished our audit on food supplies. 
and based on our current rationing, we have enough to carry us through spring. This winter won't be a problem, but our food won't last forever. We all knew that. We'll start to run low by next summer. So we're all gonna fucking starve? No, of course not. We just gotta change the way we do things. We have a plan. Grizz. Um, so after Thanksgiving, I'm gonna lead a search party to look for farmland and for alternative food supplies. If anyone wants to join me, I'm looking for four or five volunteers to come along with no me. Fucking All right. On the first expedition that they go on, for context, Emma, somebody dies from a snake bite because she's allergic. So, like, she would have been able to survive if she hadn't been allergic, but because, yeah. Uh, um, so the initial oh. reaction to that mm. is like, but I just wanted to specifically talk about the part where they're, like, gonna go find farmland because I think that that part is really interesting and it would have set up a really interesting season, too, because in the last episode of the season, they like go and like you see the expedition go and like they do find like a field of land and like they're all so excited and like they're like we're gonna be able to like grow things mm. and so it would have been it would have been really interesting to see them do that i think this show really like it's just so like interesting the idea of all of them like actually just like rationing their food like this and like taking like a food census and like i don't know like so then i wanted to watch a very short clip of dot in the wild that i just felt was really survival-y before <laughs> we moved on because dot i mean like we said dot is like definitely an mvp and they like definitely try to make you think that she's the one who's the operative because she just has so many survival skills because she's like mm -hmm. emma when you first watched this you were, were you was dot the one that you were like i'm dot in this situation <laughs> Kind of, because yeah. it's the survivor stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she was yeah. like talking about watching, so right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is the clip that we're gonna. This is the clip we're gonna watch her talk okay, about, okay. about her show. So this is when she's at her most, Emma. <laughs> what's that? Uh, what's left of the emergency slide? I think. <sighs> what are you doing with it? I don't know yet. Maybe use it for shelter or warmth, whatever. Someone's definitely coming to pick us up. You get that, right? Did you just take a shit up there? I took a piss. <laughs> That's it. And just so we're clear, I will not be doing that in the wild. Hand to fucking God, I need indoor plumbing for that. You got any more tissues in your bag? You don't want a drip dye either? It's just good to have them on hand, you know? They make good tender. They can staunch a cut. I gotta take a look at what we've salvaged so far, your suitcase included. You know, step one in a scenario like this is know what the hell you're working with. Are you from one of those creepy doomsday prep families and has a basement full of canned soup? I just watch a bunch of survival TV. Survivor, obviously. Uh, man versus wild. Wild Alaska is solid. Alone. <laughs> Naked and afraid. How many of these are there? I don't get it. <laughs> Do you, how many of those do you watch, Emma? I actually only watch Survivor. Okay, okay. And I've seen Naked and Afraid just because if it's like, I don't know, on TV sometimes I'll like watch parts right, of it. Right, right. But yeah, Survivor is the only one I really watch. That's hilarious. But I still like know of the show she's talking about because of course I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that makes sense. <laughs> it's just interesting to see like the different things that are similar between these, like taking the inventory of what you guys have, like, and oh, not yeah. being the one to do that it, because of her survivalist show thing. It's just like right. really funny because like, I'd be the yes, like yeah. Oh, like if you were actually in the scenario, yeah. Like like you would literally like would you literally be like oh, I, I want would survivalist. be yes, <laughs> and then people would be like, what are you a survivalist? And I'd be like, no, I just watch this stuff on TV and like see what they do and like oh I know how to make a fire because I see them do it on Survivor and like 
that's literally where I'd reference all my survivor skill survival skills yeah. um, is like watching these shows. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I also think it's so cool that there's this like, you know, stigma about how much T V or how much time teenagers waste. Mm. But it's her watching all this T V and just imagining what she would do in the circumstance that actually mm-hmm. ends up helping her later down the line. Yeah. Not all of it is like actually mindless. Yeah. And so Dot, like, later is, I just feel like she, like, kind of functions, like, she's just such a, like, level head about this stuff, and, like, she, she, it's just, like, funny, because I feel like she talks for, like, as if she's talking from experience, and, like, you know she's talking about, like, Survivor and shit, yeah. and, I have one quote that I pulled from her where she was like, we're playing the mental game now, we aren't just living in oh my God. by what we need, like, yeah! Yes, yes! <laughs> Honestly, we are playing the mental game now not just living and dying by what we eat. Stuff kicking around in our heads counts just as much. And <laughs> so funny. But I did th- think another survivalist moment that I wanted to mention, as just give a special mention to, but not watch, is when Martha, when they're like starving at the end of season one, and like Martha goes against her values and like kills a goat. Yes, so yes, that they can eat. Yes. Yeah, and like the goat is like following her and she like rationalizes that she thinks it wanted her to kill it because it was like an old goat or whatever. But um, right. I I just think that that was like, like they build up her character for like the whole season as being like against killing animals. Like even in Tony's episode, she like refuses to like dissect whatever they're dissecting in class mm-hmm. in a flashback. And then like in that survival moment, she like, you know, she does what she has to do. And it's kind of like asks that question, like if you're in that moment are you gonna do what you have to do like Mm -hmm. that was such a great moment yeah totally like it's such a big and like the show's just so good of like the character arc yes it was just a great character moment yeah exactly and you get to really see them kind of weigh you know stuff that their old self wouldn't do but because they've been thrust into the situation they have to reconcile that which i think is also you know a lot of us have strong beliefs about you know whatever's happening in the world but sometimes we can't always you know be as outward with those beliefs or act upon them based off of the situation is that right yeah right. totally and so then there's also like what's really interesting is that they end up having like in like pretty much well at least in both the wilds and society the society they both end up having moments where like teenagers have to like do medical care for each other too so like in the society one of the kids is like in the universe they seem to think he's like a sociopath whether or not that would actually be true that they would know that a kid is a sociopath is a little ridiculous to me okay. but anyway so he's like abusing his girlfriend and his girlfriend tries to poison him but then the pie oh. ends up at thanksgiving dinner instead of you know with just that guy <sighs> and so kids end up being poisoned and Kelly oh ends up having to learn how to like like put an IV in so that she can like resuscitate these kids and in the wilds they all get food poisoning and you know that if they hadn't had all of that those medical bags whatever uh, from the researchers they would have you know Tony and Martha were both like really like not doing well and mm-hmm. in the society also one of the girls is pregnant and so Kelly teaches herself I was gonna how ask to does del- anyone get yes, pregnant yes. I was gonna ask so she's pregnant before like they, they it's actually one of the oh. mysteries 
of okay. the season that's never that's never answered is who the dad is because she won't tell anyone oh and okay so one of her peers has to like learn how to deliver a baby and like delivers the baby for her and so it's just like these shows just ask really like like what would you do and it's like we would just figure it out apparently we would just figure out how to deliver a baby we would figure out how to like place an idea like yeah erase the baby then oh man as a bunch of as a bunch of teens yeah and so similarly in the society and daybreak specifically they are living in a society together for long enough that they actually answer the question like how do we met out justice when we don't have an institutions anymore and like somebody does like what we would traditionally call a crime and so like in daybreak and the society i think that they really default to carceral solutions which is kind of mm. shitty but i think it's interesting to look at and in daybreak there's like the jocks have like this like pseudo court situation where basically like it's not a court and like the, you're always put to death no matter what what yeah 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 no, i'm telling you that show is wild right and at one point like like they're all in the mall and like somebody tries to kill someone else but doesn't succeed and they end up behind the mall grates like they're like we don't know what to do with them we'll put them behind the mall grates until and so it's like these like interesting little like pseudo putting each other in jail like moments and i say that because in the society things get real carceral real fast because Cassandra is murdered by a oh. Masa- in the third episode. It's a pretty wild decision they make to have like one of the main characters just straight up be murdered in the third episode. And it's one of the guys who didn't raise his hand when they were trying to decide on basically having a democratic socialist existence so that they will all be able to survive. And he hates living under the, you know, the Cassandra's rules, as I call it. And so like a bunch of them are like the guys, white dudes are like drunkenly talking to each other and they're like oh ha, ha, i wish she was dead ha, ha. and then one one kid actually is like oh i'm gonna take the gun that i have in my house and actually kill her for everyone else and so what happens once that kid confesses to one of the other guys and he's like wait i didn't actually think you were gonna do that they like arrest him so i thought that we it's honestly one of the even though like i am like y'all you had the chance to do something better and you didn't. Like, it's totally like mm. how I see it. I also think this is one of the most humorous scenes in the entire show. <laughs> like, when they're, like, trying to figure out how to, like, be cops. And it almost, like, points to how ridiculous these institutions are. Right. <laughs> In um, cops, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't Harry just come and tell us himself? So this is when they figure out that Cassandra. Uh, Greg didn't even know her. That Greg Why killed the person who Maybe killed Harry Sandra. Maybe Harry put him up did. to it. Maybe he made him confess mm. so he could take the heat off of himself. Like some deep mind control. Right. Exactly. Do you believe Harry? Look, it's gonna sound weird, but I do. <laughs> when he came up to me, he seemed like upset. It doesn't matter. We have to arrest, do we? Arrest him? What do you mean arrest him? Like go, just go nab him off the street? Yes. If he confessed... What if Harry's lying? We can't take any chances. Do we could hurt somebody? We have to arrest him and search his house for the gun. Could you handle something like that? I mean, yeah, if we if we got up, like, ass early in the morning. Pre-dawn raid. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a pre-dawn raid, you know, like, taken by surprise. Yeah, I got handcuffs. <laughs> you mean, like, actual handcuffs or the ones you get with your Halloween costume from Walgreens? Nope. Actual handcuffs. <clears throat> He's in Mayor of Easttown. Really? I love him. Kid, just, yeah. 
Him? Say thank yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, Yes. It's gonna go forward to what I truly believe is one of the funniest scenes that this concept produces, which is the guard, as they call the jocks who take up basically the, the cop role in the town. They are like going to do a pre-dawn raid to capture the person who has killed Cassandra. Jesus Christ, Grizz, where the fuck you been, man? Where's I slipped through my arm. It's really Pre dawn raid means pre dawn. Yeah, man, it's like post dawn right now. Can we just do this? What the Whoa, fuck is that, Clark? It's a gun. Yeah, no shit, we can see that. Where'd you get it? Gordy gave it to me. This weirdo shot someone, okay? We can't go in unarmed. Have you had it here this whole time? Yes, bro, relax. Do you even know how to use it? I mean, how hard can it be, you know? Oh, my God. All right, you know what? You're going in first, all right, Clark? Cool, cool. Hey, I'll read him his rights. Make sure everything's all legit. We Dude, no one out. gives a shit about that. Law and order, man. You don't read the bad guy his rights, he gets away, like, There's every no time. There's no more legal system, Jason. We're living in some sort of fucking black hole in okay. the universe. I really don't think that the yeah, Miranda warning is I'm just trying to make sure that everything's legit, so we're not stormtroopers or anything hey, like hey. that. Let's just fucking do this, all right? Come on, follow me. Fuck. Yeah, so they're all living in like these huge houses of like 30 kids to a house. Aim up, aim up. A little higher, higher. Up here. Get up here. Does this look right, Chris? You fucking know? One, two, three. Hey, Jason, little help me. Come on. It's in between us. All right, ready? All right, on three. All right, ready? Come on. Two, three. You're fucking right! Come on, 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 Chris, fucking ready. Yes, right. Jesus. Hey, Greg, Dewey's not back there. Are you sure? Uh, no. What the, the fuck, fuck man? are you talking about? Well, what do you mean? There's a lot of people back there. Let's go. Okay, let's go. Come on. Go, 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 go. Come on, get out. Get out. Move. I got him, guys. Little Lale's about to shit himself. Don't fucking move, weirdo! Hey, Clark, don't shoot him! Hey, Chris, tell him he's under arrest. He's standing right there, you tell him. All right, well, go through his shit. You guys got no right to be in here. You got... Shut the fuck up! We know what you did to Cassandra, all right? Hey, You're under that. arrest! Shit to her! Shut up, Dildo! Yo! Yo, yo, yo! Check it. Oh, fuck. It's not mine, that's not mine. I don't know where they came from! No! Please. You're so fucked right now, man. You got it? Yeah, I got it. I got it, bro. Do your science on it. Okay, so uh, where to? Yeah, where do you want us to take him? Can we keep him in a bathroom? Wait, did you guys seriously not think about where we're gonna keep him? No, Luke. I've never held anyone prisoner before. Have you? <laughs> we can't lock him in a the bathroom. They lock from the inside, so that's no point now. Maybe there's a room at the school we could use. Hey, hey, what if we just leave him in the car? Roll down the windows a little. Dude, he's not your mom's multi-poo. Give me my keys. Where are you going? Just meet me in my house, all right? You got an idea. So they keep him in a wine cellar. Uh, <laughs> that's what the end is. And basically they have a trial. And oh. Helena, the Jesus girl, they like get her to be the defender because she's the only one who can like put her shit aside, I guess, for like the fact that he killed Cassandra. 
enough to do it and they have the honor society or whatever be the jury and they find him guilty because they were able to they were able to match the gun that is in his room with the bullets that killed cassandra and he basically admits to it after they find him guilty and he starts going on a misogynistic rant about how he killed cassandra because all bitches won't give us a time of the time of day and like you know like a really typical like manifesto of somebody who like kills yeah exactly um and so then they have to decide what to do with somebody who has been convicted of murder in their society and they have a big debate about it and one person makes the point that like we have the chance to start a new society and not execute people she can't execute dewey keep him locked up fine keep campbell locked up but if we kill him yeah. we're the same right. you no, know I, we're the same i as know he is. the arguments against the death penalty. no this is different this here is a new place with no history we have to take advantage of that do better than our parents but it doesn't work they do execute him oh and basically they have like a bunch of them like some of them have blanks and one of them has an actual bullet and they all do it at once so that none of them will know who actually murdered him but then they all think that they murdered him is like the ones up happening so it's like this big thing where they're all thinking about that and they're like did we do the right thing like which i would say they probably didn't <laughs> and then they end up deciding to have an election to actually decide who's going to be in charge because Allie basically just takes up the mantle after her sister is murdered. So that's kind of the interesting mess of them actually trying to figure out how to like do the justice system, even though the justice system isn't actually a justice system. It's like a punishment system. Yeah, I mean, how do they even know what, which which things that were in the previous justice system work if it was flawed to begin with and these are a bunch of exactly. white suburban kids. Exactly. <laughs> right. They know nothing. Yeah, and even the fact- what they see on t- the TV, that's why they're like, oh, no, you tell them they were. <laughs> right. They're the one. I don't know. Like, insert any action movie ever. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. And they know about the Miranda rights because of, like, TV, and he's just like, you have to do it or they get away. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> They don't exist because there are no written laws. Yeah, exactly. They exactly. have no rights. <laughs> and, and, but I don't know, honestly, it's like a really, like, they picked a really good crime, I guess, because it's like, it's like mm. a, like, hateful murder. Like... <laughs> And it's like, what would you do? Like me looking at this, I'm like, you shouldn't kill someone. But like, that's honestly terrifying. You, yeah. you don't know until you're in there, especially yeah. if you're not sure if this person is capable of doing it again. You know, exactly. Exactly. So they ask, ask some really interesting questions, and you know, the kids are totally making it up as they go along, and it's 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 a good time. I mean, like you know, as far as like being a really interesting look at what teenagers would do in the scenario. Right. I have like three counts of hopefulness for us to end on. So one, I think that working together for the common good does emerge as a theme in all of these. I think we've kind of already talked about that a bit, but like there's a couple of like one-liners, like Angelica is trying really hard in the day in daybreaks to like have church, like these, like, as I mentioned, like Josh and the, the people he ends up like, kind of aligned with are all kind of like lone wolves. And like Angelica's trying to get them to like all work together and like help each other survive and and then in the wild they vote like a few like different times on like what they're gonna do at the end of the talkie eating contest they actually do end up all sharing the talkies 
they all come awesome. together to save Rachel when she falls into the sinkhole, even though, like, they're all, like, totally fighting and feuding right before that happens. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, also as time goes on, the girls just sort of slowly start giving things up in order to help a larger group. Like, Fatten eventually has her moment where she's like, my shit is your shit. Like, put it in the inventory, you know, because her suitcase washed up. And Leah gives mm-hmm. up her annotated pedophile book. Uh for kindling <laughs> on their signal fire. Annotated pedophile book. I just totally forgot about that plot line. Yep. Thank you for reminding me. Yep. Yep. That was, it's really sad for her, honestly. No. But there is one moment in the wilds that I thought we would watch. Uh, I guess this will be our, yeah, our final wilds watch. And then we also have only one more the society clip where Leah is describing how they like all eventually click. And I think it really just shows how they ended up About coming together to survive. So this is her post rescue talking to one of the like creepy researcher dudes. Are they the even researcher dudes? Soon, I hope. The quarantine order aside, we can't have you conferring during the investigation. Keeping you separate, it helps the account be less muddled, more honest. You really must miss them, huh? Yeah. Maybe more than I thought I would. Maybe... Like... A lot. Maybe it was just the passing of time. But at some point, it just sort of clicked. It wasn't like we were friends or anything, but for the first time we were in us. We laid out rules. We each had tasks. It sounds lame, but it didn't feel that way. The rules were fair and the, and the tasks were shared and we were each entitled to one rest day because it was brutal out there and we all just needed a chance to mellow to be alone with our thoughts everyone except for me yeah. and i thought a visual that would be good to describe is that they basically have like rocks where like each of them have like name that they, it looks like they that fatten drew on the rocks with like her nail polish or something and it like they mm. each have like tasks that they like set out on driftwood and so that definitely reminded me of like the society like they remind me of each other a lot in that regard where it's just sort of like yeah when you're like a lot put, smaller scale <laughs> yeah a lot smaller scale but you're like put in that situation where like it's like well we have to share the work like there's just no other way that we can do this recognizing the rest day and recognizing the rejuvenation right like recognizing that part of it too Mm -hmm. yeah no that's 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 something that seems very millennial gen z to be like you know we're still gonna have some work-life balance like (laughs) yeah Yeah. for sure like even in the this situation doesn't have to stop us from thinking about our individual health you know if anything we need it more than ever Mm -hmm. yeah for the collective right individual health for the collective exactly Right. Yeah, and that actually brings us really well to our final clip, which is in the society for Thanksgiving. Basically, Helena gives this like speech where she kind of talks about how like even though things are really bleak for them and stuff, like in their new way of living, like every single one of them like matters to their society. So it's like very similar to what you just said, Emma. And (laughs) it's kind of like this hopeful thing where it's, and I think it's hopeful because it sounds a lot like what we want the Green New Deal to be. And that's the final thing I want to talk about. So (laughs) I feel like it's a good transition. Hi everyone. Hey. Uh, Welcome to Thanksgiving services. I just wanted to remind everyone that cooking starts at 11 a.m. in the cafeteria and touch football kicks off at 3 p.m. on the green. (sighs) What a nice day it's gonna be, right? (laughs) 
They're like, bitch, no. Maybe not. I don't know. In the room. Who cares about Turkey and football when we have no idea what's happened to our families, to us for that matter? I mean, what is there to be thankful for when everything feels like... Like prison? Like prison. We're trapped here. And we do only mundane things. Making it from today to tomorrow, and tomorrow is not likely to be any different. That feels a lot like prison. But my guess is, by the time it finally came for each of us to die, maybe one in a hundred of us would have made any difference for having been born. But here, every one of us matters. Think about it. If we were to lose a single person in this room, we would all feel it tomorrow. And I don't just mean in our hearts. I mean, the food wouldn't be cooked, the trash wouldn't be collected, the streets wouldn't be safe. Lose too many of us and we might not eat at all. Our lives have consequences. Everyone in our entire universe matters to everyone else. And we can still love. So I am thankful today for every one of you and I'm happy to be alive and to matter. Yeah. So I think it's interesting because it's kind of like true. I, I don't know if they're trying to make this very blatantly, but it's kind of true in a way as far as the idea that like you what you do in your community affects other people in your community and like we're all interconnected. Exactly. And I do think a little bit, I, I wonder a little bit if they're trying to like do the sort of lib idea of climate change where it's like, we all have responsibility and it's like, no. Um, uh, a I know that. People. I mean, it applies to the pandemic though. Like, yes. ever, like that, that definitely applies to yes. the pandemic. And... No, it totally does. And yeah, the idea of like getting back, like that getting vaccinated, like the more of us that get vaccinated, the more that like a single vaccine actually like is effective. Like. <laughs> Right, exactly. Right. Like, yeah. affects more than just you. Like, it affects the spread of the disease to everyone, exactly. Yeah. I just love that because I really do feel like what the idea of the Green New Deal is, is, like, us needing to change the way that we live on a more societal oh. level in mm -hmm. order to adapt. Sure, right. And so, like, in a way, it's like, that's exactly what they had to do. Like, and it's like, and it's not going to happen like, oh, we should just totally change the way we do things for funsies. Like it happens when you're forced to do it, <laughs> which is right. right. And that reminds me again of the pandemic, yeah. like all these things that like change for the better for society, like like bigger unemployment payments and food assistance and uh, like uh, housing help, like all these things that like it shouldn't have taken a pandemic to like have these mm -hmm. like basic need and resources. But it did. And so before I wrap up with the Green New Deal, I did also want to say that one note of hopefulness that's just like really funny and like i don't know like it, this is probably also gen z right at least one like central queer couple in each of these shows so like mm. gay love prospering in the apocalypse is apparently a theme <laughs> it's the gay agenda you know? <laughs> it's a theme or it's the citrus that we just always didn't really recognize yeah exactly. maybe, maybe it's like the idea that like it's already like we are love has already had to come up against so many different like obstacles that like it's natural that it would flourish in a obstacle filled environment like an apocalypse basically in daybreak there's wesley and turbo which is a whole hot mess express but so is that whole show and then in in the society there's grizz and sam who's like the deaf character and they have like this beautiful oh. romance and it's like adorable and 
Grizz teaches him how to like plant a carrot or something, and it's just like really plant cute. a carrot. Uh, you know, like he's teaching him his gardening skills. I, I obviously I don't have those skills, or I wouldn't I be love, talking about. I, it I'm way. sorry, but I love that. Like how to <laughs> plant a carrot by Maria. <laughs> and then um, Shelby and Tony are like fucking iconic and i'm so excited to see yeah. what happens of them in the next season of the wild like that sexual tension that enemies to lovers excellence it's just beautiful <laughs> yeah. I know. I love them. yeah and then they have that moment at the end too where like she's where she's all like shelby's all like worried that like what if we make each other miserable and then like tony's just like what if our plane crashes like <laughs> you know like the worst already happened like what if it all blows up what it what if what if we end up making each other freaking miserable you know what if i hurt you i've hurt people before very badly what if our plane crashes what if we nose dive into the ocean and you know end up stranded? And what if we wind up lost and starving? All of that already happened. The worst has already fucking happened. I don't think I've got it in me to get that scared about something that could be good. Except the irony is that the plane never crashed. I know. Right. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, the plane never crashed. You were drugged, but me a chocolate cake and. <laughs> maroons yes and so then the final note of hopefulness that i have is that the green new deal is a super hopeful and ambitious piece of policy and if you feel the climate anxiety i recommend that you check out how you might be able to plug into some organizing around getting the green new deal and like more local ideas you know implementations of that potentially in your community happening a quick sunrise movement summary of the green new deal is the Green New Deal is a congressional resolution to mobilize every aspect of American society to 100% clean and renewable energy, guarantee living wage jobs for anyone who needs one, and a just transition for both workers and frontline communities all in the next 10 years. So it's ambitious, but what we want and what we kind of need because, right. yeah, climate change is kind of like, you know, a grave threat to humanity. <laughs> Anything needs an ambitious solution, it's climate change. Exactly. Right. Um and in a planet to win they say that they see climate change as an opportunity to do things differently and so they kind of just talk about how like for all of time like all of our lives climate change has just been seen as this like doomery defeatist like we are completely fucked thing and that the green new deal is this like hopeful like piece of policy that would also like a vision of like a society like mm -hmm. so many different parts of like the things that we already know that we need to liberate the people also being connected to like making sure we still have a planet to live on <laughs> right. right exactly and it's just like it's just cool because it's like the whole idea is like we have to work together and figure out a way to like make sure that like you know we all come along on this process of transitioning like you know we don't leave behind the coal miners and and, and such and so it's kind of what they do in these shows is like they're forced to figure out how to survive without leaving anyone behind yeah um Absolutely. yeah so anyone have any final thoughts i can't believe this is a season finale of leftist teen drama but here we are 
<laughs> I mean, excited to close it out with you yeah. and Dombre. Absolutely. No, I, I think that, like, these societal shows really are a reflection of our society, <laughs> as we've been saying. But, like, really, though, it just, like, so many ways that, and I'm actually really curious to see where the wilds in particular goes, especially having had the pandemic happen in between seasons one and two. Yeah. I'm just curious how that might impact anything, if at all. But just, it's just, we were talking about all, like the parallels of having a pandemic having to happen in order structural changes to happen. So I'm just curious if that mindset or, or whatever, it just can't help but be coloring the shape of the second season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope we make it out of our own season finale of Delta Variant Part 2. <laughs> 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 But the, don't forget a Lambda. No. Oh. Lambda variant. Girl, you're a hell ahead of us because you're in like the health. Out of the new Dondre that Emma it's works in the health department. I feel like you're ahead of us. Oh. <laughs> what you know. <laughs> I mean, I just know it from, I don't know, being on the internet. But yeah, isn't Lambda yeah. the worst one now? I, yeah, I, I Delta's didn't, right I didn't now. know that, but Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So Delta is what's ravaging us now, and Lambda is. So it just keeps getting worse, guys. It just keeps getting worse until until more of us are vaccinated. Cool, cool, cool. Emma, you're ruining my hopeful note of ending ending on a hopeful note. I'm sorry. You can cut it all out. You can cut my pessimism all out. We're incapable of ending on a hopeful note. Metaphor. Right. It's a metaphor. Sorry. Um, yeah, so they should take that as a cue. If somehow this is going to be coming out in early October, and if you're somehow still not vaccinated by then, like, get vaccinated. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Yes. Um, oh, get your boot by then you could probably get yeah, your booster. Or, yeah, get your booster. Thing, get your booster. Get boosted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Boost yeah. it up. We will be back for season two. I already have many ideas percolating and no yeah. doubt and no so doubt it'll be it'll be happening and we'll you know i in with my last podcast i gave myself way too high expectations and it led to a lot of stress and i refuse to do that again so that's why i'm doing this season model where like everything is kind of ready to go before we start airing them so there's going to be another hiatus before you get new episodes but i think the episodes are better quality for it so absolutely yeah. All right, everybody take care of yourself. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) And uh, we'll see you guys when we're back. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Leftist Teen Drama. Follow us on social media for updates. Links to our Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and TikTok are in the show notes, along with links to suggested additional reading on the topics discussed. Solidarity forever, free Palestine, and abolish the PIC. Signing off, Maria. Maria.